0: Chapter 13 of Women of History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Women of History by Anonymous. Valeria, born 276, died 315. Gibbon. When Diocletian conferred on Galerius the title of Caesar, he had given him in marriage his daughter Valeria, whose melancholy adventures might furnish a very singular subject for tragedy. She had fulfilled and even surpassed the duties of a wife. As she had not any children herself, she condescended to adopt the illegitimate son of her husband, and invariably displayed towards the unhappy Candidianus the tenderness and anxiety of a real mother after the death of galerius her ample possessions provoked the avarice and her personal attractions excited the desires of his successor maximin he had a wife still alive but divorce was permitted by the roman law and the fierce passions of the tyrant demanded an immediate gratification The answer of Valeria was such as became the daughter and widow of emperors, but it was tempered by the prudence which her defenceless condition compelled her to observe. She represented to the persons whom Maximin had employed on this occasion, that, even if honour could permit a woman of her character and dignity to entertain a thought of second nuptials decency at least must forbid her to listen to his addresses at a time when the ashes of her husband and his benefactor were still warm and while the sorrows of her mind were still expressed by her mourning garments she ventured to declare that she could place little confidence in the professions of a man whose cruel inconstancy was capable of repudiating a faithful and affectionate wife on this repulse the love of Maximin was converted into fury and as witnesses and judges were always at his disposal it was easy for him to cover his fury with an appearance of legal proceedings and to assault the reputation as well as the happiness of valeria her estates were confiscated her eunuchs and domestics devoted to the most inhuman tortures and several innocent and respectable matrons who were honoured with her friendship suffered death on a false accusation of adultery the empress herself together with her mother was condemned to exile and as they were ignominiously hurried from place to place before they were confined to a sequestered village in the deserts of syria they exposed their shame and distress to the provinces of the east which during thirty years had respected their august dignity diocletian made several ineffectual efforts to alleviate the misfortunes of his daughter and as the last return that he expected for the imperial purple which he had conferred on maximin He entreated that Valeria might be permitted to share his retirement of Salona, and to close the eyes of her afflicted father. He entreated, but as he could no longer threaten, his prayers were received with coldness and disdain, and the pride of Maximin was gratified in treating Diocletian as a suppliant, and his daughter as a criminal. The death of Maximin seemed to assure the empresses of a favourable alteration in their fortune. The public disorders relaxed the vigilance of their guard, and they easily found means to escape from the place of their exile, and to repair, though with some precaution, and in disguise, to the court of Licinius. The behaviour of Licinius in the first days of his reign, and the honourable reception which he gave to the young Candidianus, inspired Valeria with a secret satisfaction, both on her own account, and on that of her adopted son. But these grateful prospects were soon succeeded by horror and astonishment, and the bloody executions which stained the palace of Nicomedia sufficiently convinced her that the throne of Maximin was filled by a tyrant more inhuman than himself. Valeria consulted her safety by a hasty flight, and, still accompanied by her mother Prisca, they wandered about fifteen months through the provinces, concealed in the disguise of plebeian habit. They were at length discovered at Thessalonica, and as the sentence of their death was already pronounced, they were immediately beheaded, and their bodies thrown into the sea. The people gazed on the melancholy spectacle, but their grief and indignation were suppressed by the terrors of a military guard. Such was the unworthy fate of the wife and daughter of Diocletian. We lament their misfortunes. We cannot discover their crimes, and whatever idea we may justly entertain of the cruelty of Licinius, it remains a matter of surprise that he was not contented with some more secret and decent method of revenge. End of chapter 13.